Greetings. Holiday greetings, in fact. This is Eric Stenrod from Dwayne Morris, joined as ever by Jonathan Armstrong of Cordery. And we're bringing you your weekly Tech Law 10 podcast. This is actually podcast number 214. Count them. How about that? Not bad, right? Um, so in any event, this will be our last podcast for 2017. Um, and Jonathan, uh, why don't you uh, ring in the holidays by uh, getting us back to a theme that we've discussed in the past and we'll, I'm sure we'll be talking about in the future, having to do with security. What's the most recent issue in terms of security for you over there across the pond? Well, thanks very much, Eric, and thanks all, as ever, for listening. Um, I've been looking at the Morrison's data breach lo- uh, litigation over here in the UK. So for those of you who haven't been following the case, what happened is Morrison's effectively like a, a mini Walmart, if you like, for our uh, US friends, uh, a, a retailer in the UK were going through an audit from a big four accountancy firm. And the accountants apparently asked for records of employees. And instead of looking at some employees, so the accountants saying, you know, give me employee number uh, 3,876 or whatever, uh, uh, the accountants asked for a PeopleSoft download, it seems, of every employee, so around about 130,000 individuals. And obviously that uh, data dump was too big to email in the usual way, so it was put on thumb drives and given to an individual in the IT audit scheme, um, one Mr. Skelton. And uh, unfortunately, Mr. Skelton had recently returned to the organization from a period of suspension. And he not only copied the database for the accountants, he also took a copy for himself. And from his own copy, he subsequently burned extra copies onto CDs for three newspapers and put the records in an um, online store that he controlled. And basically, he uh, uh, was aggrieved at the way in which he'd been disciplined for something unrelated by Morrison's, and he decided that he would embarrass them by leaking all of this data. Now, Mr. Skelton was caught. The newspaper concern told Morrison's. Morrison's told the police. Skelton was Uh, caught, investigated, charged, and convicted uh, to eight years in prison. So this case wasn't about that. This case was a subsequent civil action against Morrison's saying, uh, firstly, that they were liable for the security breach, and secondly, if they weren't liable for the security breach, then they had what's called vicarious liability for Skelton. So uh, in simple terms, they stood in Skelton's shoes in terms of liability. Now, on primary liability, so whether Morrison's were responsible for the breach, the judge decided that they weren't, and he decided that they'd taken reasonable security measures 
uh, except in one case where it didn't really matter that much to the outcome. But the, but the, the perhaps the more surprising result is that the judge decided that Morrison's were vicariously liable for Skelton's actions. And basically, they had chosen Skelton. They'd put him in that position of trust, so they were responsible for what he did, even when what he did was a criminal act. Now, so far, we've had the... Um, you can have a what's called a split trial here, so you decide liability first, then quantum the amount of damages second. So we've only had the hearing on liability. There could be a trial to come to set damages, and there are around about 5,500 employees joined into this action so far. In the UK, the system's different from the US. You have to opt into a class action. You're not automatically included in a class, but that number could potentially grow. Uh, the judge has given leave to appeal the vicarious liability point. He hasn't given leave to appeal the part of his decision that says that Morrison's didn't have primary liability, and that might be something that eventually is appealed as well. There are questions as to whether it was good practice in data protection terms to move the list of all employees rather than just some that were relevant, or could the auditors have looked directly at the PeopleSoft system? Should better encryption have been in place? Should a, 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 a skeleton have been the man to trust, et cetera, et cetera? The, the judge, as I say, has decided that Morrison's weren't at fault for that, but that could be something that becomes an issue in appeal uh, if, the, um, if, if that route is chosen. Equally, it could be a case that settles out of court. But whatever happens eventually, Eric, it seems to me that has enormous ramifications, I think, particularly with GDPR coming. You'll remember that uh, GDPR, the General Data Protection Regulation, this new law that applies across Europe from 25th of May, um, has uh, extended provisions allowing individuals to sue when they have had uh, something go wrong with their personal data. Personal data is a very wide definition under uh, the law over here in Europe. So whilst I'm loath to say the floodgates are about to open, I think that any corporation is bound to have uh, much greater liability uh, after this case and with GDPR on the horizon. And this case also gives the lie to those organizations that think, well, I'm not really a B2C business. GDPR data privacy doesn't affect me. And this case underlines what we've been saying for a long, long time, that you also have obligations to your employees, and you can't necessarily expect them just to close hmm. their mouths and say nothing if their data is compromised. So um, quite a lot of lessons to be learned from the case, Eric. I think it's one of the seminal cases here of 2017. I'd be interested in your thoughts. I do have some thoughts, but before I give them, can you explain with a little bit more detail exactly how the relationship was formed between Skelton and Morrison's? Yeah, he was their employee. He so was just a straight they, employee. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. They employed him as an uh, IT auditor, he was suspended for something unrelated to mm -hmm. this case, 
and then he came back in the organization in that same position of trust. Okay, so here what we have, instead of the, the notion of vicarious liability, we have the doctrine of respondeat superior, and that means, generally speaking, the company will be responsible for the activities and actions of its employees, but generally so long as they were acting within the usual course and scope of, of their assigned duties. So uh, if somebody is doing something as would be expected and things go wrong and it redounds to the detriment of others outside the company, the company certainly can be held liable. But if you have an employee that really goes rogue uh, and starts engaging in criminal activity, um, that's not what they're hired to do, and it wouldn't boomerang back on the company unless the company was encouraging it for some um, unfortunate reason, or if the company had notice of it and uh, allowed it to continue. Um, and, and that can also happen even with you know, outside contractors. If you're hiring a contractor to do a job, uh, generally speaking, um, you know, they are working for the company, and the company does potentially have some oversight responsibilities. But that can, that can vary depending on circumstances. Um, so this is interesting. Um, and, you know, we have lawsuits all the time in the United States about, you know, people who have been negative, negatively impacted by the actions of certain players within companies. And, you know, the, you know, you're looking for a payout in civil lawsuits. And if you're suing the individual actor, the employee of the company, there might not be a deep pocket there. So there's always looking toward the company itself saying the doctrine of respondeat superior applies this employee was acting for you. And then it all gets down to the facts, the individual facts of the case in terms of whether, uh, as we say here, uh, the tail can be pinned on the donkey. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. I don't know if you have that expression over in English. I do, one of my uh, favorite holiday games. All right. Well, we'll have to do that sometime. So those are my thoughts. Um, I'm not sure we need to discuss it any further other than to say uh, it is the holiday season. Uh, are you wishing for anything tech-related, Jonathan? What a very good point. I, I wish for sanity around GDPR. There's many people uh, uh, who are talking a lot of nonsense about GDPR. It's amazing the, uh, in inverted commas, uh, experts who are coming out of the woodwork at this time of year. So, yeah, I wish for a, for a sane transition to the new GDPR regime. What about you? I'm sure you've got something more worthy, Eric. Well, mine's a little bit more personal. I, I was hoping for uh, my own personal drone to show up under the Christmas tree, um, <laughs> but I've been led to believe uh, by Santa, a.k.a. my wife, that that's not going to happen. Uh, so I might be disappointed there, but who knows. You could make extensive use of the Rudolph cam instead. <laughs> Exactly. Well, listen, it's been another great year of uh, doing these podcasts with you. I really appreciate uh, the dialogue that we have and interacting with others and exploring these issues, and I'm looking forward to a strong 2018 with you. Yeah, uh, and absolutely, Eric. It's been, uh, it's been a blast, hasn't it? We've been doing it for a few years now, and, uh, and I think the, uh, the interest hasn't paled. So absolutely, it's been, uh, been great doing these together. I'm thinking we're probably at five or six years, but anyway. All right, well, listen, uh, this is Eric Sinrod at uh, Dwayne Morris. My email address is ejsinrod at dwaynemorris.com. 
You can uh, reach us on usual social media outlets. And wishing everybody a safe and happy and bountiful uh, holiday season. I'll turn it over to you, Jonathan, to finish. Yeah, I'm uh, jonathan.armstrong at cordrycompliance.com. Do connect with us on um, LinkedIn, etc., etc. If you are on our LinkedIn page and you have any ideas for tech law predictions for 2018, we might do those early in the new year. And um, we do like to connect you. So all that remains, I guess, is to thank you for listening, to wish you all a great holiday season, and uh, hope we all return (laughs) refreshed in 2018 and a peaceful and prosperous new year to one and all. All right. Happy holidays. Ho, ho, ho.